the Lord woke me up one night. Well, I don't know if the Lord woke me up, because he would probably, as little sleep as I get, he'd probably let me sleep. But I did wake up one night, every night. But at this night, on this night, I woke up, and he was just speaking to me a decree. I didn't really realize it was a decree until a couple days later. But he started with this title, No More Chaos. That's the very first thing that came into my spirit. And when I say the Lord spoke to me, I'm not saying an audible voice. You all know me pretty well by now, and you know that he speaks to my heart. And so the very first words that I heard were, no more chaos. I said, what? He said, no more chaos. I said, I'm going to receive that right here and now, Lord. And so then he just started talking to me about what that meant and why. Why we don't have to suffer under the chaos of the world. Who's had enough chaos in this room? Amen. We've all had enough chaos, you see, but we don't have to partake in it. It can be all around us, and we can be just walking in this divine shell of love and protection and peace and power. So anyway, you see, God spoke a decree to my heart, and basically what it comes down to is we, we don't have to choose the chaos. We don't have to receive the chaos. We can be free. So anyway, there are several principles throughout this decree. I'm going to actually read the decree part. But there are a couple principles that I want to kind of draw out first so that you can kind of think about it as you're hearing the decree that he spoke to my heart. <coughs> and this is a decree that we all should be declaring in our own lives. So anyway, there are a few fundamental biblical principles that we're going to look at, and I want you to look for those as we read. Remember, when we make decrees, this is very important, first of all, when we make decrees, they are based on the Word of God, and they come out of relationship with Jesus. They don't, when you're born again, let me just explain this real quickly. When a person's born again, they are immediately the righteousness of God in Christ, okay? <coughs> That's a position, okay? But then in relationship with Christ, we walk that out. Our minds get renewed. We read the word. Immediately when we're born again, the very character of God is emblazoned in our spirit. We're a new creation at that point. That's a position. You own that at that point. That's your inheritance at that point. But then you develop because it doesn't mean that things that perhaps were displeasing in our lives before immediately disappear, right? Sometimes they do. Sometimes it's a process of learning the word, you know, like if, you're, if you have an anger spirit or a spirit of anger or something, that might immediately be gone because your character no longer, your, your spirit no longer has that character at that point. You might have habits that you've formed in your life, right? 
but your character, your spirit, I mean, is totally renewed by the character of God. Love, joy, peace, patience. Go read that. Those are characteristics of God. And your, your spirit is renewed to that. So anyway, we have a position, but then through relationship with Jesus, all these other things come, correct? Am I correct? Okay. Okay. So we have to remember, the whole point of all that was, we have to remember that our decrees come out of the word, they come out of relationship with Jesus. They're not just things that we rotely repeat brainlessly, you see what I'm saying? It's relationship with Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We are seated with Jesus. We are the righteousness of God in Christ, but we walk these out. So, the first principle that he told me to talk about, fundamental biblical principle, is as Jesus is in this world, so are we. As Jesus is in this world, so are we. 1 John 4, 15. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. Amazing. That's what happens the second you get born again. Hallelujah. And so we know and rely, we rely on this, we rely on the love God has for us. You can count on it, beloved. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Okay, listen to this. In this world, we are like Jesus. You are little Jesus. Well, don't, well, there's nothing little about Jesus. You are walking Jesus's, right? In relationship with him. Hallelujah. God living in us, the Holy Spirit teaching us, and we are like Jesus. You are Jesus to this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment and you are no longer under wrath. You are in love and grace and mercy, loving kindness. Fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So you have nothing to fear if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Abiding in Jesus. The second principle in this decree is be doers of the word. Be doers of the word. Stand on the word. Be true to the principles and directives of the word. Do not, do not trust in the ways of men, in the ways of people. We don't trust in the arm of people. We trust in the arm of the Lord. That's where our faith is. We stand with God, and in the face of everything, we stand with his convictions, his word, his principles. James 1.22. Do not merely 
listen to the word. See, that's unrenewed, right? That's when you're unrenewed in the true knowledge and the truth of the word. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. Actively engage. Actively apply. Actively pay attention to what it's saying, what it means, and how to apply that to worldly situations. Walking the steps of Christ. We walk the steps of Christ. Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine. Jesus replied, You are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. You see, when we know the scriptures, we know the power, right? When we know them intimately, when we abide in the scriptures, when we allow them to change us, when they, we allow them to direct us, because the word is the power of God, because the word is Christ, right? The word is Christ. There's no lack of power there. He has given us all power, dominion, and authority. So when we know him truly, intimately, abiding in him, we know the power. Psalm 146.3 Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, on that very day, their plans come to nothing. I don't want to be trusting in an entity whose plans come to nothing. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. When you are not faithful, he is faithful. He remains faithful forever, no matter what. So, I might be touching on some fiery situations here. But it's all good because we're taking situations and we're looking at what the Bible says because the Bible is our absolute truth. The Bible is the love of God. The scriptures are the love of God for us. And when we abide in the scriptures, we abide in love. So movements, I'm just going to say this to begin with, movements, ideologies, social dogmas, that do not adhere to God's biblical principles, his scripture, must be opposed. They must not be tolerated. They must not be followed. Because we must be doers of the word. We must be doers of the word. 
So anything opposed to the word is to be considered sin. But we don't hate the person in sin. God loves everyone. We love every person. We war against demonic spirits that motivate people. We love every person because there's not a single person in this room that has not walked in sin. And don't think it's not a sin because it's little. And don't think it's too grievous because it's big. You see? Lying. Some people don't even think about. They call them white lies. There's no white lie. There's no white lie. It's truth or not truth. Gossip. Anger. Contention. Strife. See that? Those are all enemies of the scripture. They're all enemies of God. They're not fulfilling the character of God. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, right? Okay. So what do we do if there's someone who might not be fulfilling the word exactly the way God? We restore them in gentleness. That's what the scripture tells us to do. We restore them in love. We restore them in gentleness in the mercy and the loving kindness of God, which never end. All right? So I just want to, and we restore them how? In the knowledge of God. This is a love letter. It is not a hate letter. Okay? So, for instance, if there are cultural movements or social movements or ideologies, um, these are some ways that you can identify things. If you can't figure it out by just reading the word, there are, you can identify the spirits that motivate certain things. So for instance, if there is an ideology that has as its slogan or as its mantra something that is against the word of God that is not equal, is not declaring the character of God, then it is fundamentally, biblically wrong. Okay? Fundamentally, biblically wrong. If it does not equate with and employ the character of God. It is fundamentally at that point against the will of God. Okay? So for instance, if there is an ideology that uses the term pride, we have a problem with that. Pride is not a character that God honors. He honors humility. Why did he cast Satan, Lucifer, why was Lucifer cast out of heaven? Because he tried to exalt himself. He wanted to exalt himself above our loving, mighty Father. You see that? So if there is something that says pride... There's a problem. That's a fundamental biblical problem. Now, we don't hate the people espousing that. But we war against the spirits that proclaim that in spiritual warfare. You see that? Loving the person 
at all times. Because who in this room was not once in sin? Got it? Okay. So we love the people, but not the platform, not the spiritual force behind it. If a certain platform calls for our children to be taught that their inerrant character is not the character of God, there's a problem. Right? God does not declare death over us. He declares life over us. Okay? So if there is a movement or a platform or a teaching that teaches that people are inherently not able to walk in the character of God that's biblically, fundamentally opposed to his will. And we get our children away from it. Because if you allow your children to be steeped in that, you are agreeing with the devil. And you need to do something about it. It has to be opposed. It is created by forces of darkness. It is espoused by men and women who are ignorant of the nature and character of God. By people who do not understand the love of the Father. See, God loves everyone. So you don't suffer this. You see what I'm saying? You don't suffer it. It is propagated by persons who are unaware of and unrenewed to the word of God, the love of God, the power of God, the working of God, the miraculous working power of a loving father. And in their minds, they are unrenewed to the truth of the word. Poor people. Have pity on them. It speaks death and not the life of God. Anything that speaks death is not of God. And it must be fiercely opposed. There is only one critical theory. Only one. God loves us. He sent Jesus to die because he loved the world. That's not just believers. The world. He loved the world. We are created in God's image. When we are born again, we are new creatures, new creations. And we will not tolerate anyone telling us or our children that we are inherently or intrinsically evil. It's just not the truth. 
My spirit is in the image of the Father, which is love. Which is love. Which is love for all people, all the world. My spirit has no implicit bias. We love people, but we war against the demonic spirits involved. Any, any, any spirit, any lying spirit, any anger spirit, any gossip spirit, any contention spirit. The third principle is to rest in the peace of God. There were a lot more principles in this decree, by the way, than I'm going to even be able to cover here. So you can take the decree and, and y- you can go through it. And you know the amazing thing about it, when I was all, when the Lord was done talking to me, it's like every single line has a scripture. I mean, we'd be here for a month. So you guys can look all that up. We rest in the peace of God. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, all understanding. That's all chaos, all fear, all confusion, all tumult, all false doctrine. You need to recognize things as false doctrine. You're in the army now. What is that from? You're in the army now. What is that? Wasn't there some like sitcom or something? Oh, okay. I'd be curious to hear that song. (laughs) Yeah, I know that. (laughs) And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's where we stay. In Christ Jesus. Okay, now here are some great things to think on. Finally, brothers and sisters... Whatever is true, this is like my favorite scripture almost of all time. Almost. (laughs) Whatever is true, our poor children had to hear this almost every day, multiple times a day, their entire lives as they were being raised. (laughs) Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. These are all the character of God. These are the things that we think on. We stay our minds, we stay our hearts on these things. These things will supplant the chaos. They will supplant the false doctrines. They will supplant the manipulations of the world. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. We're going to practice. We're going to do 
and then we're going to get peace. Okay? And the God of peace will be with you. So if I'm a doer of the word, I will dwell in peace. Okay. Here's the decree. I'm going to read it so I don't get it messed up. And these realities in this, in this decree, it's very long. These realities are things that God wants us to embrace, to understand, to realize, to walk in, to own, to be. To understand that this is who he made us. Okay? Every one of these is founded in Scripture. And it is fulfilled in our lives when we walk in relationship with Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. All right, here we go. I'm really going to try not to interrupt myself. I'm going to try to just, like, read it. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> the veil was torn. Okay, well, first of all, remember, God said the very first words, no more chaos. All right. The veil was torn. I, a believer in Christ, step into heaven's realm with Christ. You can go ahead and repeat these to yourselves if you want as I go through. You should be repeating this in your heart. I am hidden in Christ, beyond the veil with him. There is no separation between God the Father and myself. I have received God's Son, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. The only separation that could occur is what I allow. Through sin or disregard for his word, who is his son. His word is his son. I step into the secluded place with Christ. Are you getting your your place? How God sees you? <laughs> I step into the secluded place with Christ. Out of a broken world and into restoration and fullness. I am forgiven and set free. Jesus invited me into his kingdom and I accepted when I received him as my Lord and Savior. He placed his kingdom in me. Darkness can no longer overcome my universe. He is the light of men in the new realm 
and I dwell in that realm when I stand on the word, who is Jesus, and choose not to let this world move me. Christ moves me. I have the wisdom of God. I speak and do what he tells me to speak and do. His kingdom has only peace. My kingdom has only peace. His kingdom is my kingdom. In his kingdom, the gate has been closed to the devil. This is where you reside. I stand protected and victorious. The devil is locked out. The devil has no keys. I have the keys to the kingdom. Christ has given them to me. The devil is chaos. God is peace. Jesus is peace. I live in the kingdom of peace. Peace that passes all understanding. I live in a kingdom where the trees bear only good fruit. That's Ezekiel 47 and Revelation 22. I'll, I'll, I'll cheat for you there. I'll give you a couple of them. <laughs> it's not really cheating. The waters that flow are waters of life. Waters that flood with love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Go to Galatians 5.22. Waters flowing with the life of God. Woo! I am transferred into the kingdom of light and love. Colossians 1.13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. Christ is the light of men. John 1.4. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Where he is, there is no darkness, and he is in me. Jesus has declared that where he is, I am. John 17, 24. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, that they may see the glory that you gave me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. That means 
I am seated with Jesus in heavenly realms, unafraid, unconcerned, unaffected, untouched. I am free from the accusations of the devil. God does not listen to the accusations that the devil makes against me. God sees me through the blood of Jesus. I have power, dominion, and authority in this life through Christ to proclaim that the devil is defeated and destroyed with every one of his works and schemes. I am seated at peace at rest, stable, protected, and provided for. I am seated at the right hand of the Father with his Son. His spiritual blessings are my spiritual blessings. His authority, his ability, his power, and his dominion are mine. I am not just a broken, repaired imitation. I am the new birth. I am as good as new. I am the image of my Father just like Christ my brother. I am the new creation. I am perfected in Christ. I am healed and whole, without spot or wrinkle, nothing missing, nothing broken. I am amply supplied. Jesus' glory is in me and is emanating from me. I am equipped to do the greater works and I do them. I am the vessel of the glory of Christ. I am filled with the life of Christ never to thirst again. That's John 4, 14. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks of this water, this was at the well, will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them, in them, in you, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That well is in me now. I draw from those springs and those wells. My rivers 
given to me by Christ and the Holy Spirit are always quenching me and flowing from me. My rivers are already producing life. Wherever they flow, the life of Christ springs forth. My rivers are always bearing good fruit, God fruit, healing for the nations. So that was the decree. There's everything in here we should be receiving into our spirits and declaring over ourselves and our families and those that we see in darkness. So I want to give you a couple more scriptures that are supportive of this decree. Colossians 1, verse 9. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Bearing fruit, you'll see in this scripture almost everything that was in this decree. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you. You are qualified. I am qualified to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. That's where you dwell. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. You have been created for him. And he is the head of the body. Oh, no. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He holds your life together, beloved. He holds your life together. He perfects that which concerns you. 
and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. That's us. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. So if all the fullness of God dwells in Christ, and Christ dwells in you, what does that say to you? And through him, that's Christ, to reconcile to himself all things. All things. That includes each and every one of us. And his heart is to reconcile the entire world to himself. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace, the kingdom of peace, by making peace through his blood the blood of Christ, shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now, hallelujah, but now, he has reconciled you. Okay, this is the reconciliation, not your works. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. Without blemish and free from accusation. Own that, beloved. Own that. Say, yes, that's me. If you continue in your faith, we stand believing on Jesus. We are not moved from that platform. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move, do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, I will not be moved. I will stand on the word. I will stand on the convictions of my faith, the scripture, the word of God, the living Christ. Because that's what the word is. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God. It is the power power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Do you see the power you have as a believer in Christ? First to the Jew, then to the Gentile, for in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, forever and ever, undeniable, unchangeable, all of eternity, just as it, as it is written, 
the righteous will live by faith. We make this decree by faith. So what's the key to the... I'm going to just reiterate a few of the little keys to this decree that we went over. Have faith in God. Do not trust in the arm of man. Do not believe in the false doctrines of man. As Jesus is in the world, was in the world, we are. And that means in all love, in all power, in all dominion, in all ability, in all glory, I am a doer of the word, and I carry out the scriptures. I apply them. I am unashamed of the scriptures. I am unashamed of the truths in the word. I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know and I stand in the power and the authority that my Lord has given me. I rest in the peace of God without fear. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's what he told me. And so now what we're going to do, he didn't tell me this part, but we, what we're going to do corporately is if there are people in your lives that you feel that are suffering from oppression or demonic influences, spirits of darkness. We're going to pray for them now. So you, you, and I don't want to be the only one praying here, beloved. That's not my job. You pray. I'm going to pray, but you pray. Thank you for your word, Father. Thank you, it is the absolute truth. Thank you that your power, your majesty is revealed through your word. Thank you that as blood-bought children of the living God, we have dominion over every power of darkness. And right now, we think of those people, either friends or family, relationships, we think of them. We call their name before you, Lord God. And we thank you that you bind every spirit of darkness. You have given us the authority to bind and loose. So we bind that, of, that demon of darkness. We bind oppression. We bind depression. We bind discouragement. We bind confusion and turmoil. And we speak life into that person's life. We speak life and life more abundantly. We speak the healing power of God. We speak your healing presence into their lives, Lord. We call them healed according to your word. We thank you, Lord. Your arm is not short. 
that by your love and your mercy, you reach into each one of their lives and bring wholeness and healing. We speak the mind of Christ. We speak your glory. Blasting out every element of darkness in their lives. We speak redemption, wholeness, healing, nothing missing, nothing broken. We speak reconciliation. We thank you, Lord, that the prodigal comes back. We thank you, Lord, that the prodigal, drawn by your mercy and love, runs into your arms of forgiveness and grace. And we praise you for it. We lift up holy hands without doubting, Lord God, because this is what your word says. Your word is true. It is unfailing. It accomplishes exactly what you have sent it forth to do. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.